Hey guys, hey ladies, hey friends, hey foes. We just wanted to take a second to remind you that while we're okay swearing when little ears are listening, you might not be, and that's okay. So here's your chance to pause us and wait for nap time, or pop in your earbuds. We hope you enjoy the episode. Me in the straight jacket. Welcome back to another episode of Done Playing by the Rules. My name is Janelle. And I'm Jenna. What have you been doing? <laughs> you like that? Oh my gosh. Just get into it. What you been Everything. doing? Everything. Um, I went back to Minnesota for the weekend because my family had some um, minor semi-private crises going on. Uh, and it was wonderful. I got to see my niece and nephew who are so cute. Today was nature school where I do all my appointments. So I had acupuncture today and then... Uh, I went. I started going to Pure Bar, and I'm kind of obsessed with it. Isn't like, it hard? If it, it's so hard, and my stuff hurts so bad afterwards. Yeah. And I was like, <gasps> I've been neglecting huge muscle groups, and I had no idea. Like the stuff we were doing today, I was like looking around, and everyone was looking at me like, "This isn't okay." Like, it's. So <laughs> I did it fun. with like a group of probably like 10 friends and we were in like a regular class. So there was a lot of people that had been going for a long time and we were all shaking. We could not stop laughing because of how bad we were shaking. And it was just, I burst out laughing in the middle of class day because my, I was up like you're up on your tiptoes with like your heels together. And my bottoms of my legs were physically like shaking like a jackhammer. And I started laughing at myself and was like looking around and no one could see me. So they were probably just like, but it was shaking so hard that I would have been shaking. And you cannot stop it. It's so hard, but so fun. They also have like (laughs) versions of it on Peloton too. Yeah. Don't want to go to the bar. You do Peloton. Yes. Peloton's amazing. And a lot of the stuff that I've, that I can do in pure bar is because of exercises I've done in Peloton. Just Sims has a like hip stretching class where you work on lifting your, and like you do that 90, 90 position and you work on lifting your back leg off the floor and holding it. Yeah. If you have tight hips, that is like the best exercise, but it is so hard. And we were doing that in class today. And I was like, I can do this where I used to not even be able to lift my leg off the floor behind me at all. And can I was you like, please include Peloton. a video of that. I will. I'll send it to you. I'm trying to see what they <laughs> call it in Peloton. I want to say they call it bar. They call it don't just they? Bar. It's just bar. Yeah. Cause like Allie, okay. love te- Allie love teaches hip hop bar. I've taken yes. like two bar classes. And she's so cute. She's Allie loves. so cute. And she's so fun. And her music is so good. I know. I follow her on Instagram too. I have like you certain no, instructors. Oh, do you? I have certain ones that I'm obsessed with and I follow them. So if you have Peloton, you can do it through there. And if not, I think Pure Bar and does reminder, like a free class. You don't need a, yeah, you get a free class at Pure Bar and you just take a foundations class and the app is really easy to use. But also a reminder, you don't need Peloton equipment to do Peloton. Ask me or Jenna, we will send you it. You, I think we can send you a free 60 day trial and then mm-hmm. it's $13 a month after that. Jenna and I have non Peloton treadmills and weights. And so and I didn't have a treadmill until thinks- recently. Like I did it without yeah, anything. I- I, when I was in my apartment, I was just doing hit classes on the floor and strength training on the floor. Yep. And then I did outside running if you want to do running. Running, um, yeah. The outside runs are so good when you're at tra- traveling too. Yeah. Oh, Everyone always asks me whenever I say Peloton. And then if you do like a, I think it's a hundred classes, they send you a free shirt and it says Peloton across it. It's called yeah. like the Century Club. And people are always like, oh, you have a Peloton? I'm like, no, I 
I don't, I just do Peloton. They always say, is it worth the investment? And I'm like, I don't know. I, I pay $13 right? a month and I have like okay, a $600 yeah. treadmill. So you tell yeah. me, I have no idea if it's worth the investment. <laughs> Same here. Like, nope, no idea. We're the poor Peloton people. I love when I see yep. people on Instagram that have like the bike, the treadmill, yes. whatever the that new machine is, the mirror, the guide. And I'm like, uh -huh. holy shit, you guys are fancy. I'm just over here like with my rickety weight set that yeah. we got on it like secondhand from during the pandemic. Yep. Well, in the, during the pandemic, we had gotten rid of all of our weights right before because we were yes. doing gyms. So we didn't have yes. any. So we were literally lifting children, lifting cans, lifting everything we could find. Yeah. The gym I belonged to was like, fill up your milk jugs and yeah. use a laundry detergent bottle. And we were using toilet paper for stuff, but then no one had toilet paper. And then I had like battle ropes that were made out of towels under my bed yep. frame. And it was like, so, no, I'm like... It was so chaotic. We didn't know what we were doing. Yep, it was. It really was. Okay, this has so, been Jenna and Janelle's fitness corner. Welcome. <laughs> Why we do we need fitness tops. so bad, Jenna? We need fitness because, so bad because we have mental health problems. Yes, it is the month of May, which is crazy because I can remember us covering this last year, and it feels like just a month ago. <gasps> we're so back. Quick. So, Our favorite month honoring us. Yep. <laughs> if you don't know, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And I think that's really appropriate because I feel like people kind of get out of the slump and it's kind of like spring mm. and yes. people are like, oh, I feel better. And it's like, wait, 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 pause. You still need to do pause, some pause, work. Pause. <laughs> don't yeah, stop yeah. your medication oh. or your therapy or whatever you're doing or your self-care. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Who was I, oh, I was talking to my acupuncturist. He was like, you're going to feel so great after this. I was like, so I'm hearing you say stop your medication. And he was like, I would never say stop your medication. And I was like, but I'm hearing stop your medication. And he yes. was like, don't even don't even joke. No. And I've come to accept, which was a really hard road for me, the fact that I am so a lifelong, at this point, I'm medication taker, because I have yes. gone on and off. And I finally had a doctor just say to me like, this is your brain chemistry. It's also experience-based because of some experiences in my life, but also yeah. I am just an anxious person and I have a lot of mental health issues and that's just who I am and there's nothing wrong with it. I wouldn't be the person I was without those, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean I can stop taking medication. I know some people that have used it for certain phases of their life and yes, me too. I've come to accept that that's not me, so it's yeah. we've tried it and we wish it was and when people are like oh well you can get off your medication you just need to like have the willpower and stuff like that's a great thing to say to some people but it's not it doesn't apply mm -hmm. to everyone it doesn't yeah. apply to me and my brain chemistry and it never will no matter how badly you want it to it's just mm -hmm. there are people that this isn't getting off medication isn't an option for and no. I hopefully that stigma will be gone and it's point, hard it's like it's still there yeah. If you know me, you know, I don't do many medications. Um, I even had a girlfriend text me the other day and was like, a reminder, clean out your medicine cabinet. I just cleaned out mine and almost everything was expired and like stocked back up. That kid I was stuff like, expires so fast. I have, I think two medications besides like my prescription. Like we do not do many medications. Um, almost mm. everything else is like natural. And I can remember as a kid, we tried like St. John's wort. And I just remember like <laughs> not John's understanding wort, about that. why it didn't work and just being so discouraged because I had this high hope and I was like a preteen at this time. And I just was like, mm -hmm. why won't it work for me? What's wrong with me? I'm never mm. going to get over this because I had never tried real medication and the type of therapy I needed. 
Because no one really knew. We should research. Is Saint so. John's Ward even a thing anymore? Does it even oh, big exist time. anymore? Because mm -hmm. does it? Because yeah. you would know. Because you're way crunchier than I am. Yeah. But Jenna mm -hmm. and I also will frequently. We're so anti medicine that we will have to remind each other to take Tylenol if we have a headache. Like yes. or Josh will be like, "You have a headache? Have you taken anything?" And I'll be like, "No, I don't want to take anything." Mm -mm. Like I'll, Jenna and I'll be like, "Tylenol." Yeah, and we don't even <laughs> have Tylenol. Tylenol. And I had. Not that long ago, I texted Brandon and I was, or I asked Brandon, I was like, can you text your parents and ask them for some Tylenol? And he was like, oh my gosh, like, are you okay? Like he freaked out because he knows like yeah. that's a big deal. Like it's not just, but. Or gonna, if I asked Josh for heartburn medicine, yes. He's like, yeah. what's wrong? By the way, here's my crunchy plug. Beep. Um, if you have Beep. heartburn, indigestion, reflux, I struggle with that and I have. It's a lot better when I have my anxiety under control. And I tried over-the-counter stuff. And then remember, they pulled a lot of it because of its link to Alzheimer's or dementia Esophageal or one of those. cancer. There was one Oh, too. was it? Oh, my gosh. I so, so I was like, nothing's ever going to work. So I had a naturopath doctor tell me to do licorice. And they're like chewable things. Nothing has ever worked so well. I am like a full believer in these. And they're just like these little chewable things. They taste like licorice. They're not awful. They're a little chalky. They work way better than anything. Okay, I've ever we need you tried. to link that immediately because I, I hate will. taking that weird medicine. And yes. I only do it like once every three months, but it's right. still like. And if you know me, I have a history of Alzheimer's and dementia in my family. So that's like a hard no. And that's a hard I was, no, yeah. yeah. So that's my crunchy plug. And I have one more crunchy plug. Um, if you listen to this and you want to look into St. John's Wart, do your research because I am pretty sure if I remember right, it makes your birth control, especially if, I think it's only the pill ineffective. Because so, <gasps> yes. I can remember when I did it, it was a big deal. And we went to this little like health food store and they were because of my age, I was like a preteen and into my like teen years. And they were just like, if you're on the pill, just be really careful. So I that's had your no idea. warning because the last thing I want to do is like just get a bunch of people pregnant by right all jenna's gonna post her saint john's Ward, and i'm gonna post um a coupon to plan b and then yeah. we'll have all of your bases covered for when your birth yes. control fails right and like i said i think it's only the pill but i will double check and add it in the notes but yeah Jesus. just keep Either that way, in mind like holy shit i never would have thought about that you just think whenever you're taking anything natural like it can't interfere with anything anything can interfere with stuff yep so yeah it says that you should be using another method such as a barrier method of contraception when consuming St. John's wort because the contraceptive pills might not be as effective. It doesn't mean they won't wow. work, but yeah. So just, Oh my God. Okay. Oh my God. Okay, now so, I have to get back to mental health corner from birth. Now I'm sweating about somebody accidentally. Well, this pregnant. is a great lead into because we're talking today about intrusive thoughts. And with this, I kind of tag in ruminating thoughts. And one of my thoughts that I was so scared of as a kid was that I would never get over my anxiety and I would live with it forever. And then it led to really dark and scary thoughts. So intrusive thoughts are unwanted, uncontrollable thoughts, but they do not reflect the person and their true beliefs. It's basically like, Ooh, that's an interesting distinction. I yes. wouldn't have thought of that. And it's interesting when I research this more because it really links to it links to a few things but really links to OCD and I struggled with ruminating which is when you keep having the same thoughts over and over and intrusive thoughts and no one ever linked it to OCD 
per se. And then researching it, I was like, oh my gosh, that makes so much more sense. And it is something I struggled with so bad. And I can remember going to my dad because my dad struggled with anxiety. Basically, I was like, how do I know I'm not a psychopath? Because I have these thoughts and they are dark and scary. And he said, basically, he said, the difference is people with, he said anxiety, but I think it's OCD, anxiety, depression, all of it have these thoughts because it's basically their worst nightmares and they play it in their mind and that's an anxiety thing. And then a lot of times it leads to OCD behaviors versus psychopaths don't really sit there and think about it. They basically just act Mm -hmm. upon it and do do it. And an anxious person will sit there and think about it nonstop and be scared of it. And a psychopath is not scared of it. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. And so, I mean, this is, yeah, this is him explaining this to me as like a 13 or 14 year old. And that was so much comfort to me because I was so scared. And he gave an example. He had read in the newspaper an awful, awful article about someone, I think, throwing a kid over a balcony. And then he became petrified and was having panic attacks because my brother was just born and he was scared he would do that. And so finally, a doctor explained to him, no, like you're just having these intrusive thoughts and it's playing in your mind because now it is a huge fear of yours and it's causing you anxiety. The person who did that did not have this fear. They just acted on impulse and did this. And it was not scary to them. And he was like, okay. And he said he would get, especially once he had kids, he would have those thoughts and be super scared about like, you know, you hear these awful like, mom drowns kids in bathtub. And I think as a person in a stable mindset, we can't understand what caused them to do that. And so we sit there in mm-hmm. our brain, especially if you have an anxious brain or an over analytical brain, your brain sits there and tries to think, well, how do I know that's not going to happen to me? And it's really scary. And how do I wire the pathway of how a human being does something that I deem so unthinkable that looks just like a regular person? Yes, because how do they always start? Your brain has. She to make was sense a regular person. Like she was a wonderful oh, yeah. doting mom. Susan like, Smith was a great yeah. mom until she strapped her kids in and drove them into the river. Right. Like, yeah, I mean, sometimes she, you'll hear, and then like, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you'll hear about like, oh, they weren't that stable, but a lot of times it's like they had an idyllic life. They were multimillionaires. Mm-hmm. They lived in this huge mansion, and then they just set it on fire one day. And it's like, what yeah. led to that path? And, and how so can everyone say she was need normal? To, human beings need to be able to rationalize it. And so our brain just clicks into it and replays it over and over again, even though you can't rationalize it. And then it becomes like this obscure fear. And I totally get what you're talking about with your dad. Like you, when you're a new parent, especially you have these intense, weird fears of things that could happen. Well, I remember there was a phase where I was sure my tire was going to blow out of my Mm -hmm. car. So I would drive with both hands at 10 and two, like clenched so that I'd be ready to like that never happened, but I probably did it for six months. And so, and if you struggle with intrusive thoughts, a lot of times that's where it leads to OCD behaviors because Mm -hmm. a person with OCD gets stuck and they're playing this thought over and over in their mind. And the thought is so unwanted that the person with OCD will use compulsions to reduce the distress by the thought. So they'll do something. So say you have, like I've struggled with sickness. So then I have, over sanitized things and my hands, because I think if I don't, then it'll lead to this. And it's like a preventative, I don't know, even though, even if it doesn't make sense, like say we were playing outside and then I go and sanitize my kids. Like that doesn't make sense. There was no contact. We were by ourselves, but it's just me basically trying to prevent one of my fears from happening. 
And I can remember like sitting for hours and thinking about these and trying to work them out in my mind, which caused more anxiety. And then yes, I would it think like, it worse. yes, a, a thought that came up a lot was like, why do I have this thought no matter what it was? And it would change. It was kind of like along the same lines a lot of times, but it could yeah. change depending on what was going on. And then I would get paranoid, like, especially if the thought came out of nowhere, is this a premonition? Does this mean that this is going to happen? You and I are always like, is it a premonition? Is yes. it a premonition? And so then it's like, then your next thought is what can I do to prevent this? And a lot mm -hmm. of the times that's your compulsion. And you would think like, okay, if I sanitize or if I count or if I, you know, if I'm scared of fire, if I check the stove five times, like it's going to actually lead to that not happening. And so therefore I'll get better. It's actually the opposite because you're just fueling that fire. And so that intrusive thought actually just continues. And then you're almost hyper aware. And so anytime you hear something that is related to that intrusive thought, you're like, oh gosh, oh gosh. And it just like keeps stroking that fire and it just gets worse and worse and worse. Yeah, it's like a <laughs> gas leak kind of. And I remember my only experience with OCD and we have OCD in my family, but my only experience was I had like a six month stretch when I was, I don't know, under 10, where I had to chew things evenly on my both oh, sides of my do. mouth. So mm -hmm. you do? Mm -hmm. Okay, but what was your thought process behind that OCD behavior? I have no idea. And like if I'm walking and say I step on an acorn on my right foot, I have to find one for my left foot. It's so <gasps> no. weird. And I don't know why. It's probably just your weird little Zach. It's, I love it's it. It's stuff for you. I. Right. It's stuff I developed as a kid. So now I don't know per se, but it was definitely something mm -hmm. during that time. So why do you do it? I remember thinking at that time that if I didn't do it, one side of my teeth would get worn out before the other side. I could see that. Yeah. Isn't that the, but like my, I came from a very like teeth conscious family. Like my godfather mm -hmm. and uncle is an orthodontist and my parents were very like, we were at the dentist every six months from six months. Like they were very, very, very teeth oriented. And so I think that I was just very like something in the hyper focus of our teeth health mm -hmm. was sinking into the fact that if I didn't chew evenly on my molars that I would wear out one side faster than the other. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I also had TMJ that was undiagnosed. So maybe I had like pain that I didn't really. Right. It, but it was the only time I've ever had it and it was so severe I can still see it in my mind and I remember going into our laundry room off our kitchen one time and being like what the fuck is wrong mm -hmm. with me and I was like seven years old and I couldn't figure it out and I never I don't know if I ever told my parents but it was every meal everything had to be three 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 mm -hmm. and I still like things in threes which is odd because it's usually even but I yeah. still really like things in groups of three so I so <laughs> I'm a somewhere I'm an eight counter. I think it's because I was a dancer for so long, mm -hmm. but then mm -hmm. I'm a list maker in my head and it always has to be in threes. And Ooh. so, and I still do it and I'm working on it. It's really hard though, but I can't do anything without a checklist in my head. I can't have, and this is part of it. Like I don't want intrusive thoughts or ruminating thoughts. Ruminating thoughts aren't always intrusive. Intrusive thoughts are more of a negative dark thought ruminating is yeah. thinking something over and over and it's not always like dark like i get ruminating thoughts about like my kids being sick which to me is dark but yeah like if i'm showering i can't just shower i either have to have something like a podcast on that i can physically listen to or i'm making a list in my head and it's the order of doing things so it's wash hair rinse condition 
wash hair, rinse, condition. And I repeat it over and over and over. And after I check off the first one, I add a third one to the bottom because, and this is an OCD thing, if I don't, then I don't know where my mind will wander. So it's And then like, what I happens when you get to the bottom? Then it's get out of the shower, dry off, lotion. Oh, Same thing. okay, okay. Until I become you ready. You, oh, I know. So I until I become preoccupied. Until you become distracted enough. Yeah. Yep, okay. So you can guarantee I've never taken <sighs> a shower where I've forgotten to shave my legs or something because I'm very never. thorough in my shower. But yeah, it's once in a while I'll forget like one leg, like once <laughs> or twice a year I'll forget yep. one leg. But like I'm never forgetting in general, like an yeah. actual thing. Like I no, it's I told and I don't showers for people with anxiety. OCD, PTSD, any of the things that we have are hard. I mm -hmm. never take a silent shower if I can help it. No. I mean, if it happens once in a while, fine. But like today I was in the shower listening to the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial on my iPhone on court TV while I was yeah. showering. Like yeah. I need someone talking to me because I don't need to be alone with my thoughts under no. any circumstance. And so like <laughs> showering is not relaxing to me. Like sometimes I'm like, I don't have enough energy never. to shower. It's a mm -hmm. mental thing. And it's like that with everything. Yeah. Like if I'm doing laundry, I can't just do laundry. I either have to say out loud what I am folding and what's coming up next, or I have to listen to a podcast or Marco Polo, which is like a video thing. I just, mm -hmm. and that's, a, it's something I definitely need to work on. I need to get more comfortable with my thoughts, yeah. but the intrusive thoughts are less. And I think that's also because I've done work in other areas. It's yeah. a messy muddy situation and there's um. also like uh i've entered the uh area of TikTok that shows like a lot of the algorithm of TikTok has figured out that i'm interested in this stuff and so it'll show like the TikToks of intrusive thoughts and to give a little bit more understanding to intrusive thoughts it's ruminating thoughts like you said is kind of just the repetitiveness but the intrusive thought is kind of like the guy that jumps out from behind the door so like a lot of the TikToks will show like a mom walking up the stairs and she'll stop and be like what if my baby falls off this railing, mm -hmm. even though it's sleeping in its bed and like you're just going about your day and then something stops you in your tracks and something completely unrelated probably to what you're doing jumps into the front of your brain. And so yep. the intrusive thought is kind of the surprise. The ruminating thought is the thought that keeps coming back for more and more and more. Exactly. There's also a difference because some people might get that thought real quick and it's like, what the hell? Like that would never happen. And they can just shake it yeah. off. And they might be like, or they might be like, acknowledge it. Oh, that was a weird thought. That's not going to yeah. happen. That's silly and move on. But some people, myself included, Jenna. obsess <laughs> about these thoughts and worry that they might be something bigger about us. This is where they become intrusive because they're reoccurring. They're unwanted. A lot of times they're very disturbing thoughts or even images. I've even had it with just images that mm -hmm. cause distress. Yeah. And a lot of times it interferes with your life, unfortunately. I've oh had it many God. times where I just, I'll see it as like a sign that I shouldn't go somewhere. Like if I get this, like say I have a flight Same. coming up. And so yeah. I all of a sudden get this thought, like what if it crashes or whatever it may be. And then I picture the plane crashing and what would happen and what that would mean for me and all of that. And so then in my head, I think, okay, that's my sign to not go. And so then I won't go and enjoy this yeah. event. And that's something that I've- yeah really worked on and I've done a lot more socially and out in the world but it's scary and as a kid it was really scary because I couldn't control really it like scary. I couldn't say like okay family you go on a flight by yourselves and I'm gonna stay home like that wasn't an option yeah. but flying yeah. as a kid because I was scared of germs as a kid and heights and so put me in a box with 
recirculated Ugh. air and a high touch yeah. surface and people throw up on planes. I was not mentally well when we traveled. I ended up in the hospital at times when we traveled because my anxiety got so bad. And at, like I said, at the time, they didn't know it was anxiety. They thought it was yeah. everything else. But there are some mental health conditions that you're more likely to have intrusive thoughts. So one, okay. which we mentioned is OCD, very common. The two kind of linked together. Intrusive thoughts can lead to OCD. Like I said, a lot of times they're hand in hand. Uh, PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder. I struggled with this a lot after my mom passed. This is really dark. If you don't want to listen to it, skip ahead 30 seconds. I watched my mom pass and I had that image replay in my mind all the time. I would just be doing something with my kids and then that image mm -hmm. would come into my head and it would make me yeah. sick to my stomach. It was disgusting. It was awful. I've really worked on it. My therapist told me it was completely normal and natural. It's a sign of PTSD mm -hmm. and I couldn't stop it. I didn't know when it would pop into my head. It would just Hello. Hello. <laughs> so um, starts your heart better than a cup of coffee. Just that real, real fun movie. And then you get hot <laughs> and sweaty and then you're just mm -hmm. in a shitty mood. So this one I thought was interesting, which I didn't know. Eating disorders. People who have developed oh, an eating yes. disorder may experience intrusive thoughts that are harmful to their mental health. A lot of times they worry about the physical impact of food that will have on their body in turn, which leads to great distress about eating. And it could cause additional behaviors such as purging in an effort to stop the thoughts. And I thought that one was interesting, but it makes sense because they're always it makes worried about sense. And food. I just thought I was kind I of surprised. I completely relate to this as someone who's never been fully diagnosed with an eating disorder, but is self-diagnosed with intermittent eating disorders, yeah. um, I can completely attest. And I would say it's less intrusive thoughts and more ruminating thoughts, in my opinion, because it doesn't come out of nowhere. It's like every night when I put the kids to bed, it's almost like people with drinking things. Like mm -hmm. every night when I put the kids to bed, I'm like, oh, it'd be so fun to just chill out and binge out so hard on food. Or this thing that I'm going to eat is going to change the way I feel and it's going to change the way my clothes fit and it's going to this and it's going to that. So I completely think, can see. I would have never see, correlated I kind of the two, but it, it is. Yeah, I kind of pictured it for some people. It's like they see food and then they link it to this image yeah. that comes in their head of what they would look like if they ate it. And then that leads to purging. And so it's yeah. not a dark, scary. Th well, it probably is to them. Like I know some people yeah. that have struggled with eating disorders eating is actually very scary to them. Yes, and yes. That was, that's like really interesting because that's not something I struggle with, but I think it makes perfect sense, but it's just, it was a, it was it a totally shock does. to me on that one. You're um, totally right. And that's why they do trigger warnings on like Instagram posts and stuff, because I think it is, can be so jarring and triggering to people with eating disorders. And I know uh, from experience with a close friend that had bulimia, that food was terrifying and yeah. they would get afraid when new food would come into the house, mm -hmm. how they would handle it. It was like you were bringing like a sexual predator into the house yeah. and being like, he's going to stay on the couch for a while. Yes. Like they knew that a trigger food was in the fridge and it was terrifying to them. Right. And I know somebody who also struggled with it and food was disgusting to them, especially like the higher calorie, the food, the grosser it was. Yeah. And so even if it was something that their body needed, especially once they hit that dangerous weight l limit, it was disgusting. And so they had to force themselves yeah. to eat it. And then they felt like crap 
after because of the experience. It's almost like a very stressful situation. Oh, I'm sure there's shit, others. I never would have put those two together. Yep. Oh my God, I'm we're going to do throw, like a whole sub. Yes. I'm going to throw anxiety in there as well, even mm-hmm. though it wasn't on the list of when I researched, but I think anxiety Jenna's going to go ahead and diagnose it. Yeah. Yep. When I really struggled with depression, I struggled with intrusive thoughts a lot. For sure. So here's the yeah. thing. Intrusive thoughts can be as minor as you think it's a scary situation, but the general public doesn't, or they can be so dark that you are scared to share them because they can be shocking and petrifying. So you have to remember when you go to therapy, if you have a great therapist that you trust, they have seen it. They have heard it. They heard it when they Mm -hmm. went through med school, they go through med school, right? (laughs) Yeah. Or when they when they went to get their license, they have heard it. Yeah. I think it's like one in six struggle with mental health, like severely, like lifelong mental health. Is that right? One in six people? Yeah. And so Sounds right. they've definitely, if you think about all of these conditions mm-hmm. that can have intrusive thoughts related to it, chances are they've heard it. If you're still scared to talk to your therapist about it, start slow. Just be like, I've had some thoughts. And if they ask what they are, just be like, they're really scary. I'm not comfortable sharing. And then you can kind of test the waters or maybe chances are, if you have intrusive thoughts, it's not just one thought. It's a whole slew of them. Maybe test out and see how they react to your less dark, less scary ones. And then if they have a reaction, they're not a good fit. The good thing is there is treatment for intrusive thoughts. One, which we've talked about before, is CBT, which is Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. Mm-hmm. And to me, CBT is one of the scariest things out there. I Requires have tried it. changing of behaviors. It is hard and unpleasant. <laughs> yes. And I have tried it, and it was hard. Um, a lot of it is exposure therapy. depending on what it is. Like I struggle with sickness. And so exposure therapy was hard. I've done some of it. I've made some progress. I needed to pause. I could not handle it at the time. So just know there's also like, I still have done CBT for other things that weren't as difficult. It's there. If you want it, (laughs) it's, it's hard. It's hard. Not gonna lie. And depending on what you're going through, it's hard. Like my intrusive thoughts and my OCD go hand in hand with my phobias. And so I have a real fear and my intrusive thoughts usually are centered around that. However, when I have an intrusive thought and it's not something that's related to my phobias, it's not as scary to work on. It's actually helpful to work on it. So know that it could be as it could be an easy, helpful road, or it could be very difficult just to kind of depends where you're at because we're all at different And assume that's another thing is like, if you've never done, sorry, I don't want to interrupt you. If you've never done therapy before, you don't know how it's going to feel. So kind of like my therapy on a Sunday where I have the opportunity to shut down for the rest of the day is ideal because some days therapy doesn't affect me at all, like you said, and some days it knocks me sideways. Mm -hmm. And so if you're new to therapy, plan it not to be like 10 minutes before you have to be to work because it can fuck you up a little bit. For oh, know that like you might be- A minute. <laughs> yeah. So my neighbor and I were talking about this. The hard therapy days, you're done for the day. If you had a 10 o'clock done. appointment, you are mentally, physically done. You are beyond exhausted. It's the weirdest 
thing. It's you're gonna get a migraine if you're prone to migraines. You might get vertigo. You're gonna get maybe Janelle gets a fever. Jen will always be like, "Did you have a bad therapy?" Whenever I get like a 99 degree temperature, and I'll be like, "You're right." Yep, it is the weirdest thing, and unless you experience it, you know what we're talking about. So, oh my god, um, it's so crazy because they like open your skull and like put it back down. Is how I think of it. Well, the best is when they open your skull and then they're like. Oh, time's up for today. See you next week. We're out of time. Wait. Um, <laughs> wait, you didn't sew my skull back on. Help. Yeah. yeah. With intrusive thoughts, the whole point of treatment is to not necessarily end them. And you have to remember, everyone has mm-hmm. these wild, crazy thoughts. However, a lot of people, like I said, can be like, that's dumb or that's weird. See you later. And that's the goal. The goal is to not stop these thoughts because we're human. Our brains are weird. You don't know why they do half of what they do. So your goal is to reduce your sensitivity to the thought and its contents. And if you're ruminating, you can even just Google like how to end ruminating. And I still do a lot of those, especially like the stop. Like you physically just make yourself stop and you think about something else or you do something else like with your body. And I think that's where some of my OCD has also like kicked in because I try these (laughs) things and then they work and then I just continue to do them to an extent. And don't you use tapping too, don't you? Yes. But like a lot of these have become OCD behaviors. Oh, so that's yeah. where I struggle. Tapping such a good one. Yeah, it helps, and it helps like in those situations. And so I try to control mm. these when I'm not going through a ruminating or a, a panic attack. But it's a hard balance over here. It's a slippery um, slope because you like you have to be careful that you don't teeter from ruminating thoughts into OCD tapping. So exactly, like, where where do we fall here? Yes. The other one is medication. There is medication if that's a route you want to go to. It's common for conditions like OCD and depression. And so you'll get like antidepressants and selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. They're called SSRIs. SSRIs. They work for some. (laughs) They don't work for all. So if your doctor puts you on an SSRI Mm -hmm. and it does not work, know that that's okay. I was on an SSRI before having kids, worked beautifully during Mm -hmm. pregnancy and post-kids didn't work anymore. And that's completely fine. There's other stuff out there. And it's kind of interesting sometimes what some drugs are used for. And so just because Mm -hmm. your doctor puts you on an antidepressant does not mean you are depressed. I actually took an antidepressant to cure my migraine associated vertigo, which was not linked to any kind of mental issue at all. It was the weirdest thing. I was like, there is no way this is going to work. And it worked like a charm. So basically migraine induced vertigo is I would, instead of getting a migraine, I would get dizzy and then have sensitivity sensitivity to light, sound, and smell. But I mm. always felt like somebody kept hitting me on the head with a baseball bat. And it's like that quick dizzy spell. And it was the yeah. weirdest thing. And it took me a long time to find a doctor. I actually had to go to a balance specialist to figure out what exactly it was. And then he put me on that. And I was like, there's no way this is going to work. He put me on it. It worked. Three months later, it came back and he said, that's common. But once it's gone for a year, you're considered cured. And it's been, I mean, it was after Ezra. So seven years. Oh my God. Yeah. And it was the weirdest thing. And so, yeah. I'm so it just jealous because I'm doing everything for vertigo right now. And well, it's like, please something work. I'll cut my yes. arm off if it'll work. <laughs> I will get vertigo still associated yeah, with Yeah, mine's not things. migraine associated at yes. all. So that, that they've, they've right. ruled, I never have had a migraine as far as I know. So like I'm in a weird float on your yeah. own island problem. 
If it's um, migraine associated, they have a lot more research behind it because migraines yeah. are something that are like clinically able to mm -hmm. be tested where vertigo is just like, I take your word for it that you feel dizzy. Right. Well, and so he had me do like a, the history was what he was able to figure it out for because he was like, do, have you ever had migraines before? Or it, on the form it said, do you have migraines? And I clicked no. And so then he started talking to me and he was like, you've never had one. And I was like, well, actually when I was like 19, maybe 20, I had like three and I had to go on medication because I actually got sick because they were so bad. Yes. And he was like, so you have migraines. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, I don't. And he was like, if you I had ever them had once. one, you have <laughs> yes. them. And he said yes. that women who got them in their early 20s, once they get close to 30, because I wasn't 30 yet, are very susceptible to getting this. And I was like, that is insane. Like, it was so weird. And he knew right away. And I was skeptical, but I am the other dead one, over this. You're going to have yeah. to share what medication it is. Ooh, it's been a while. I, I'm sure I can okay, find but it. Think about it and put it in the show notes because I have a, a girlfriend that has migraine vertigo and she is just like struggling. Too bad she doesn't live here because I have the best balance specialist and he's like, <sighs> know what it is. What, where See do you later. find a balance specialist? Like PCP referred me because she, she kept thinking it was like blood sugar or something related Yeah. because my worst dizzy spells or blood pressure, because every time I stood up, it was really bad. Mm -hmm. And then it would randomly happen. And a lot of times it happened when I was driving because of either sunlight or at night car lights. Yes. She was like, I don't know, like maybe you're having like these like spikes and drops. And then she was like, if this doesn't work, I'm just going to send you to a balance specialist. And so it didn't work, whatever So everyone tried. Google balance specialist if you're doing yeah. this. Cause, so I've only ever seen a vestibular therapist, which is oh. inner ear. That's what and you can find those at like pivot chiropractic. Mm -hmm. uh, but the vestibular therapist, and that's only for BPV, which is the kind of vertigo yeah. I get, which is like your crystals get wonky. It has nothing to do with migraines. So the other tip or not tip, the other treatment is self-care. A lot of people if they're experiencing this, it could be a high stress time. So just recognizing mm -hmm. what they are, that they're just thoughts and label them when they happen and just stopping them there. And eventually your body will start to be like less and less and less. A lot of times they're linked to stress. So if you can manage your stress, you can manage these intrusive thoughts. So say you're really stressed because you have a job interview and you're like, what if, what if I completely bomb this interview? What if I go in and I forget yeah. all of my answers? or I stumble over all of my words, or I make a fool of myself. What if I just freeze and don't speak the whole time? You know, you have these like awful negative thoughts and then managing that stress and talking yourself out of it can really help. And if you are somebody who has them because of stress, your main route is to lower your stress. Yes, let's all solve our stress. One day at a time. <laughs> Well, I'm saying, but I'm yeah. saying you like, you can't solve your stress, but a big thing that helped me and one of my therapists told me once was like, once you can figure out a way to like, let it wash over you like waves mm -hmm. in the ocean, then it will start to lose its power when it's yes. able to stop you in your tracks is when you're in the like lowest of the low. Once you can either yeah. find a way, your, your two options are kind of learn to let it wash over you and not react to it or talk to someone about it. Right. I found that once you can verbalize it to someone, it loses its power by 50% immediately, but not everyone, especially, let's just say hypothetically, especially us mothers may not want to tell certain people certain thoughts that we have about ourselves or our babies during certain times. Mm -hmm. So 
if you can find a safe person to say your thing to, it will mm-hmm. lose 50% of its power that fucking day. But yep. don't do it before you know that that person is safe, because then you yes. just add a new ruminating thought of when is CPS going to come take my kids, hypothetically. It doesn't always mean that you have an underlying issue or behavior. Mm-hmm. It could just be a thought. It could be like a little season of your life. But if they're interfering with your day-to-day life, please go talk to somebody and please. get the help you need. Uh, and I don't know if you believe in this, but my witchcraft self tells me that you probably will. But like... um familial trauma is something that I um, read a lot about. And there has been um, a lot of talk lately of a thing that you are quote unquote, irrationally afraid of could be something that happened to a past family member that came Mm. down in your DNA. And so I'm always into that, like, reptilian brain and like where did we come from and what did we evolve from and there's been a lot of books recently which i just ordered one the other night is showing like family lineage someone's entire family worked in a coal mine and now they're afraid of small dark spaces and so there's like this weird correlation if you're into like witchy shit which i can like link a couple of books but that'd be cool Obviously, none of that is scientific, but I think it's kind of interesting. If you're like, where the fuck is this thought coming from? It might give you some power to say, maybe great grandpa Joe had Mm -hmm. something happen like this and this has nothing to do with me. I can let it go. And it could also be, I'm going to throw this one out there, something that one of my therapists, one of the many, (laughs) brought to my attention because I struggle specifically, I struggle with germs, specifically the fear of vomit. Don't believe me Mm -hmm. it's a thing. There is a whole community out there and being a mom, it's extra hard. Being a teacher, it was hard. Do you guys have a name? Do you guys have like a cute little, like the vomit or the... No, because that cute name would still be like trauma for me. Like It would induce problems for you guys. Part of my CBT was just using the word and writing it and reading it. Because I couldn't even say the word. I can see how that would be. Mm -hmm. It was so weird. I can see how that would be worthy. I had this therapist that went over all of my family history, which I've never really had someone do. And when we came across the fact that my mom was sick when I was two, she made me, my mom was still alive at the time, asked my mom if she ever got sick in front of me from chemo. And my mom was like, yeah. And so this is part of why I don't believe the whole kids are resilient hype. Yeah. I think to some extent, some but kids are resilient. My mom, some of yeah. us aren't. <laughs> well, I think it's to some extent. And so it's like my mom said, because I asked her and I showed some anxious behaviors at that time, such as I would look for my mom in the middle of the night when she was in the hospital. I was found sleeping under chairs because I was trying to go to my mom's room. Well, you could say most kids would do that because think about it. Like our two-year-olds do wake up in the middle of the night and come look for us. And if I couldn't find her, like, of course, yeah. I'm still looking around the house. And so she thinks that my fear of vomiting, not me vomiting, but other people vomiting is related to that, even though I can't remember that experience. I have no recollection of it. It imprints on you for sure. And so my mom said, I've always shown OCD behaviors, everything, not my room, but everything in my other part of my world had to be very in order and neat and tidy. And I always struggled with germs restaurants, everything since I was a little kid. And so it's all kind of, it kind of made sense once you lined it up, even though I don't remember that experience. And my mom was like, you were fine. You were just in the back seat. And 
you weren't crying. You were fine. And so it's like- you were in full shock and trauma absorption And so I was probably trying to process this. And it wasn't just the fact of vomiting. My world was upended and I knew my mom was sick and I knew something was going on. And so as a young child, I associated that with cancer, with dying, with mom leaving, with mom sick, with mom disappearing for who knows how long and being a different person because this was back in maybe 1990, maybe still 80s. So now they put you on all these drugs to make you feel better. They didn't do that back then. It was kind of like you were so sick. Yes, and they didn't know as much about it then. And so in my little brain, I'm like, this isn't my mom. This isn't my normal routine because people were taking me to school, picking me up from school, taking me to their house, having me sleep at their house because my mom, especially on her chemo days, she had to go every single Friday and she was so sick afterwards. And so as a two-year-old, I'm going from house to house. I don't know what's going on. I'm already prone to anxiety. So then I'm just like real fucked. I have just associated (laughs) this and I still in my thirties am not able to completely get over this phobia one day. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) You're going to do it one day. It's better. I've gotten better. If that's your worst thing, like Josh still can't do vomit. He doesn't have any of this trauma. Like if this is your worst like you're great at blood and I'm not great at blood. So it's fine. Well, it's funny because people will be like, well, no one likes vomit. It's gross. I'm like, to me, it's not gross. To me, it's petrifying, which does not make sense to the normal person. Um, But if you are one of those- Vomit does not bother me at all. Oh, I know. That's why I'm always like- Zero. My kid has a stomach ache. Can they come to your house? (laughs) Yeah. Jenna and I trade off. I'm like, my kid's bleeding. One of my kids sustained a very bloody head injury once. And I was like, and Jenna was like, all right, pressure this, this. And I was like- and I'm like looking it's in at the my wound. Watch. It's dripping on the floor. It's in my, I just remember it was in my watch and being like, there's blood in yep. my watch. There's blood. And Jenna was like, all right, here's what we do. And if it's vomit, I'm like, I'll catch it in this hand and I'll wipe it up with yes. this hand. And I remember it was like one of the first times we hung out and you're like, I know you don't do germs. And I was like, to me, this isn't germs. I, I yeah, got bloods it. Aren't, blood's not germ. Then I was like, okay, no. good. Like I'm good. I'm good for that. Um, but if you are someone who struggles with the fear of vomit, reach out to me, even though it might be scary to the average person that doesn't make sense because there's a whole community of us and you can be in our club. It's the cool people club, but there's a lot of tips and it's helped. I've gotten better, but I'm not perfect. And my therapist was like, sometimes when you have little kids, right? Well, my therapist was like, you have your own exposure therapy by having kids, especially because my oldest is a vomiter. And she was like, you have your Mm -hmm. own like exposure therapy. She's like, he's already doing the work for me. So (laughs) yeah. Um, But that's a lot of times what my intrusive thoughts kind of go around because to me, that's a phobia. And then I have other ones. This also is a quick little tip. When I became an adult and my intrusive thoughts got bad again, I started Googling it and reading other people's intrusive thoughts and how (gasps) fucked up they were actually helped me. Cause there's <gasps> that's brilliant. Why haven't I thought of that? Now we have Reddit where everybody's fucked up thoughts is just on the internet. We can totally yeah. look it up. Why haven't I ever thought? Oh, I love just that. even Google like examples of intrusive thoughts or intrusive thought list. There are some fucked up ones that I was like, oh, I'm good. I'm fine. This is Check. just vomit. No big deal. Fear of crashing a plane. I'm good compared to some of these. I'm Cause mm, yeah. nothing. So yeah. Happy mental health awareness. I think this is a really good one for mental health awareness because I don't think people necessarily always give this. Well, I don't think most people admit to them because they're 
I don't think most people, well, that's what we're here for. We're here to talk about things we don't talk about, but I also don't think yep. people give it like the credit that it deserves and the mental health stigma community. Right. People are just like, oh, that thought again, blah, like forget about it. Or after you have a baby, it is a whole new game changer of intrusive yep. and ruminating thoughts about that baby. And my husband, it has a whole new litany of worries about our kids. He worries about Aww. them constantly more than I do. He'll just like call me and be like, I'm just worrying about the kids. Is everyone okay? And like, they're as far as I know, I haven't seen them in a couple yeah. hours. <laughs> of right. I know they're fine, but he doesn't even like them like being outside by themselves or like, yeah, my husband only gets intrusive thoughts around stressful situations. And so that's yeah. considered like a normal situation. Like he had an interview yes, today yes. and it was kind of like more of like the what ifs type thing. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm kind of paranoid. And then like that something's going to happen. I'm going to freeze or forget my answers. And then he starts over preparing. And so I kind of have to talk yeah. him down. But then after the interview, like, boop, it's gone. So that's yeah. considered normal. I also think intrusive thoughts and um, ruminating thoughts are something that aren't really factored in with ADHD as much as mm. they should be because going on medication for ADHD has cut my intrusive and room eh, intrusive still kind of the same i hadn't had too much trouble with it i had a lot of trouble with intrusive the like six to 12 months after my dad died but ruminating thoughts before my adhd medicine was a daily problem like i needed to go to minnesota this weekend to be with my family and before being on adhd medicine i would have found reasons why i couldn't go and thought of that as a reason to stay home mm -hmm. and i've done it 10 times I since I've lived time. here where I'm supposed to go home or I couldn't go to class in college. I'd walk to the door. I'd have my backpack on. I'd be walking to school and I'd have to turn around and go back because some thought was like, you shouldn't go today. You shouldn't go today. Mm -hmm. So I have very little issues now that I'm medicated for my ADHD, not to say I'm cured. I will never be right. cured. I will need all there. There's 10 more times. I will need all new medication. I will always be diligent on that. But I think that we're going to see some really interesting research as us 30-somethings uh, start getting diagnosed with ADHD because taking the medication has cut it down dramatically for me. That's great. I didn't know that. And I wouldn't have associated no, I mean, that, but it makes sense. Yeah. Same so, with the eating disorder. I wouldn't have associated no. it. It makes complete sense when you think about it. So the takeaway is intrusive thoughts, they stick in your mind. They can cause you distress, anxiety. They're upsetting because they do feel very upsetting and foreign. And there's help. Reach out to us, to your therapist, to whoever. If you are scared, just test the water a little. Dip a toe in. And so with that, call your therapist. And take your meds.